Have your fantasy teams been struggling this year? Or perhaps you've been doing pretty well but want to put yourself over the top? Then make sure to visit our friends over at Finish First Fantasy Advisors. They are the premier one-on-one consulting firm that specializes in providing you with expert support to help guide you to the championship. You will be matched with one of their expert advisors to provide you with the season-long insight for your redraft, dynasty, or DFS formats. Their advisors will contact you weekly to answer all of your questions and provide you the needed information to get to the next level. Set up a free 15-minute consultation by emailing them at info at finishfirstfantasy.com or by visiting them at www.finishfirstfantasy.com. That's www.finishfirstfantasy.com. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Skull King Sports Fantasy Football Podcast. And we are live tonight. Uh, we decided to do things a little bit different. I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, we're, we're doing this live simply because... Because we wanted to, let's be honest. Just, we want to do something. We want to do something a little bit new. Get a little bit new engagement going on. So um, we hope that you guys enjoy uh, enjoy the podcast tonight. Um, and uh, if you don't get a chance to, you know, don't have a chance to just sit and watch this, um, we will still be posting it uh, again to um, as as a an actual post on the website and uh, to all of our various audio podcasting destinations. So. Um, again, my name is Ryan Skullrude. With me tonight, again, uh, as has been the case for the last you know week, week and a half, Mr. C.J. Krause. Welcome to the show, C.J. Yeah, it's, it's good, good to be back. back. We talk about the week, upcoming week, some of the news coming into it, planning for week ten, getting closer and closer to our playoff push. Yeah, this should be this should be a, a lot of fun. God, we're already week ten. Yeah, that means there's That's... there's for most leagues. If you only have a two-week playoff, there's only five weeks till the playoffs. Was it week yeah. four? Week four, uh, fifteen. So yeah. four. Yeah. So yeah. five to six weeks. A lot of weeks I play through a three-week playoff. The 14, 15, 16. 14, 15, 16, Yeah. Yeah. You, so, get, you get the buys, but yeah, that's pretty much like whether you're looking to be week fourteen to pivotal week, whether you're going to be um, having the buy or playing playing it out, trying to get to the next round of the playoffs. But we're so close. Is there? These are the arguably the most important weeks to figure out or to like pivot off players you can't hold on to anymore. Yeah. So we'll, we'll kind of see again, it should be a lot of fun tonight. We've got a few, definitely have a few players that we, at least a couple players I'm passionate about. <laughs> we've had <laughs> one, we've in got, one in one, one specifically. And if you watch the game tonight, you'll know why I've been passionate about him for the last few weeks. So, um, with that said, why don't we go ahead and hop into? We'll hop into the headlines, go through the stories of the week, and then we will, uh, and then we'll kind of go over this week's waiver wire madness report. Sounds good. Today's headlines. And today's headlines are brought to you by the Sleeper app. All right, so starting with the news that we found out this morning, uh, we saw yesterday in yesterday's game that. Christian McCaffrey did suffer a little bit of an injury in the game. As of right now, he's dealing with the shoulder injury and could miss more time. Um, he had tests today. I had not heard much about how those tests went, uh, but his status for this next week is very much in doubt. I have seen that he's day-to-day, but even with that, he, he could miss this next week. 
Yeah, and coming out this early, the biggest thing is they're telling us so far in advance, it doesn't sound good. So if you're a Christian McCaffrey owner, uh, I would probably plan for a backup plan just in case. Ideally, you don't have to use it, but definitely something to be monitoring. We've been working with that for like a few weeks now, over a month, trying to figure that out. We finally got him back. He drops 37 points for us, and now he's could be gone for a while. For anyone that held on to Mike Davis, great job. Um, also, check your wave while if he is out there. He's not available to our list today. But definitely something that some people may have dropped in with how CMC played this past week and how little usage he actually got. Yeah. So, oh man, looks like looks like at a couple spots where the uh, the post didn't go live. Nuts. We'll have to figure that um, out. All right. So, um, next story to go over with is um, David Montgomery is in the concussion protocol. One of how many players do we have in the concussion protocol this week? It's him. Jack Doyle and uh, was it um, David, David Johnson? Johnson. Yeah. So we'll get to the guys that are behind them in in uh, in our waiver wire section and whether or not it's actually worth a pickup. So um, yeah. Nick Chubb uh, returned to practice this week, um, and I believe that they – I don't know if they've officially activated him. They've basically set him as IR ready to return – and with that, they will be um, probably activating him for this next week. Yeah, it's good to see him back. Um, I think the offense was better with him on the field. Uh, not even with Kareem Hunt. The Kareem Hunt is a little bit worried about it, but I would not be worried. We've seen Kareem Hunt have that ability when Chubb's on the field. I think it's a great 1-1 punch. We talked about this before. But it's good to see. But it's definitely something to monitor as well since he hasn't been fully activated yet. But all of me pretty much realize thinks it's going to be um, an activation playing this week, whether we know the workload or not. But definitely something to keep an eye on and expect him to play. Yeah. Um, next up is, uh, we talked about Jack Doyle. Um, LaVisca Chenault ruled out yesterday with a hamstring injury, received good news on his MRI. Source says that he has a chance to play Sunday against... The Packers. Now, the Packers have been pretty decent against wide receivers for the most part. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, you know, struggled a little bit this last uh, this last week against um, you know, who was it? Was it Rich Richie James or Richie whoever um, yeah. that put up uh, all those points, basically in kind of garbage time type points? So, yeah, yeah. this guy is one of my favorite like players in general. Not even so much for fantasy, but just fun to watch him on the field. But hamstring injury is something always to monitor. Any kind of soft tissue injury can reoccur throughout the game if he does get to play. So even if he does play through, I think it's going to be a limited role uh, comparative to what he's normally getting, where he's usually a gadget player, sometimes a wildcat quarterback. He's him in every aspect of the field. I don't see him as much usage. So I, he's kind of a pivot right now um, in redraft leagues. Okay. Uh, and last but not least, uh, Damian Harris went down in this game. It looked like, I mean, neither CJ or I saw the play. Uh, but it looks like, it, it, from what I heard and report, saw reported that it's a, it's a chest injury. So we'll kind of see where that goes. Um, obviously, um, you know, Burkhead got a, a good share of the load when, uh, when, when Harris went out. And so, um, really, James White is still fantasy irrelevant. You just love saying that, don't you? I do. I ha uh. and here's the thing. I hate saying it as a guy who has had him so many times and you and just loved having him um as one of my as one of my running backs it just it sucks to see it 
I mean, just his role has, has not been the same with Tom Brady left and checking down to him with having someone like Cam Newton being on the field and vulturing a lot of those plays or running himself. Um, a lot more design run. But the biggest thing with uh, Damian Harris, he was the thumper. He was the first and second down back primarily. Burkett did a great job taking the role. Something to keep an eye on is Sony Michelle. He should be returning soon from injury um, by all accounts. Gordon, there hasn't been too much uh, posted about it. I know he wasn't active tonight, but that's something to keep an eye on with Damian Harris potentially being out um, this week, depending on how he does the rest of the week. Someone to keep an eye on is Sony Michelle. All right, and that's pretty much it for the news. There was not a whole lot of news to go over tonight. Uh, really, it's now now we're gonna we're gonna hop into uh, our our waiver wire madness section. But before we do that, we want to give a shout out to our sponsor, uh, Doctor Squatch Soaps. And you know, you hear me talk about this all the time. Um, you guys have been hearing me spout about them for a while now. But I absolutely, again, I love their products. Um, uh, homemade, all natural soaps. They've got soaps, toothpastes. Um, Shaving materials, shampoo, body wash, uh, great products. If you've seen any of their um, advertisements on Facebook, they're absolutely hilarious. Look them up on Facebook. Follow them. You'll get to see all their videos. Um, check them out on YouTube. Uh, a lot of great products. That you know, They get you clean. You feel clean when you're done, and uh, they don't have any uh, nasty chemicals or, or detergents in them. Uh, wonderful products. Um, we've been able to partner with them uh, so that you can... Um, when you go to checkout, you can get 20% off of orders of $20 or more when you use the promo code SKS20 at checkout. So again, go to Dr. Squatch, check out their products, order $20 or more, and you'll get 20% off when you use the promo code SKS20 at checkout. Uh, I love Dr. Squatch, love talking about uh, all their products. Make sure to check them out. Um, and so yeah, so let's uh, go ahead now and we'll hop right into our waiver wire madness section. Waiver Wire Madness. All right. So the Waiver Wire. And the way that we do this, um, again, just for clarification, so that we, as we go over this every week, the way that um, we set this up is is we do this through Fantasy Pros. Fantasy Pros is a website that we use as our ranking, um, our ranking website. We submit our rankings to Fantasy Pros every week. We are given a... I guess a not necessarily a grade, but it's a it's an accuracy score um, on our rankings, and so because we do all of our rankings to that, we also have the opportunity to do waiver wire rankings. However, they're the ones that set up the waiver wire rankings. So what they do is they take a um, player's chosen uh, based on a consensus ownership below fifty percent between ESPN and Yahoo leagues together. Um, and so, which is kind of funny because I look and Jimmy Graham is the number one and he's 52.6% rostered. <laughs> so I'm wondering if when they set this, they probably set this up like late last night mm -hmm. and then people have been able to pick him up and, you know, various leagues have been able to pick him up before, before this list went live this morning. So, um, so we are going to start it off with the quarterbacks. Um, and uh, why don't you go ahead and, uh, CJ, give me a quarterback that you like for this week um, as a waiver wire pickup. Uh, my biggest one on my list is definitely Tua. I think he has a really good matchup going against the Chargers this week. He looked good, like night and day from his initial appearance when he first played. Um, he's actually targeting his receivers very well. Looked like a rookie. 
definitely on some of the plays, but um, made some special things happen with his arm and his legs. It's always weird to see a lefty of a quarterback like watching it and trying to analyze it. Um, but I think he finally learned how to lean on his receivers well enough and target them properly. He was getting everyone involved probably. And again, in that matchup versus the charge, I'm super excited for both sides of the ball to be able to watch that one. So that's definitely my, um, if you need a streaming quarterback, someone's probably available in the waiver, especially after his first week. The second week, I think he really showed what he's capable of. Yeah, and you know he's going up against a, a Chargers team that's given up the fourth most amount of fantasy points on the season, and then on top of that, just over the rolling. Well, it, this last week isn't isn't included, but going into this last week, uh, the rolling last four or five weeks, uh, the Chargers give up four point eight points over, you know, average production to quarterbacks. So this is this is a uh, a prime matchup for him to be able to um, have a very very good week i think i think Tua was probably he's probably my top one i think it's the other interesting one that i i kind of like is drew lock and drew lock is more because of again he it's gonna be more like a uh almost like i hate to say this but like a blake bortles type of uh, of how he's been playing where it's like the first two and a half to three quarters not a whole lot's going on. He really struggles. And then garbage time or when he needs to make a comeback, he's getting plays he's getting plays going and and, and so I think that going up against a, a Las Vegas team that uh, again going into this last week, another one like the Chargers giving up you know almost five points over projection to to quarterbacks um, over the last five weeks on average. Uh, and really the Las Vegas um, team in general uh with the the tight ends above average i mean wide receivers above average running backs above average i think that this is just a a good matchup and could be a, a solid a solid game for um for denver's offense this next week yeah, yeah. lock i i, I love, love and hate watching him play all the time <laughs> um, living in denver we get a lot of coverage on lock and he can look so miserable and so great in the same game um, what we're seeing. Like, you look at his splits between his first four games, well, let's say three games, take out the injury, 13 fantasy points, three fantasy points, 12.96. In his last two games, 19.82 and 29.22. And most of that is coming in garbage time, which counts. Um, but yeah, I definitely see this one being a shootout. So definitely, he's not afraid to throw the ball. So that could be someone, if you're looking for that upside play, definitely someone you can grab off the wire and play this week. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say, I, I wanted to ask you, what are your thoughts? I know that he's on the COVID list, but what are your thoughts for Baker Mayfield if he's healthy to come back um, and play against Houston this week? I'm, I would be really excited for to see what Baker does. Um, first full game was really out Odell. He's kind of looked better without having to force the ball to the quote unquote, to the superstar on the field. So it's someone um, I would like to see him how he performs. Maybe he'll get back a little more comfortable, but the COVID list kind of throws it all a whack kind of things. I wouldn't really be till we get more news on someone I'm avoiding, but um, if he does play, I think that Houston secondary is definitely something that you can exploit. Yeah. I mean, you look at the, you know, on the season, ninth most amount of fantasy points to quarterbacks, third most to running backs, seventh most to wide receivers. And then if you just look at what they've done again, going into this past week um, over a four to five week span, averaging three points over projection to quarterbacks, 4.1 points over to running backs 
eight giving up eight point three points over projection or over average uh, to wide receivers per week. Uh, I, that's a great matchup. That I think that with with Baker Mayfield, especially if Nick Chubb is back, if you've got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, where it could have to force Houston to focus on the run game, I think he could spread it out to whoever he wants, and it could be a good game for him. That I totally agree. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to our running backs. Get those loaded up. All right, your top running back for this week to pick my up. Top, my, my top, top running, running back, back, if you really need someone for a spot start, start would probably be J.D. McKissick. One of them, um, um, with Alex Smith taking over, is his favorite target on the field. We, we saw in this last game he had 14 total targets, and in the previous game where Alex Smith took over, he had eight targets there. So we're seeing him kind of force feed the ball that way. It's his most comfortable outlet. So I think just out of sheer volume, that's someone you kind of plug and play, especially in like a PPR league, someone that's usable um, in that offense. So that would be more pickup if I'm really running back needy or I'm kind of worried about injuries this week. Yeah, especially considering, again, going up against, going up against Detroit this week. Um, and Detroit really struggles against running backs. Just whether they're running the ball or catching the ball in the backfield, they struggle. So this could be just a good game in general for the running backs to hopefully take a little pressure off of Alex Smith so he's not having to force the ball, you know, throwing three interceptions a game. Yeah, those, those are, are bad interceptions, too. I mean, I still wouldn't worry too much about Terry McLaurin and all that, but we're, we're seeing, like, Antonio Gibson's role being the first and second down and, and really McKissick being the um, third down. Um, running back so, so I, think I think that's kind of unusual we see with the, with the, the skill set that Tim Higgins has but it sounds like they're trying to keep him more fresh at least for now so McKissick really taking that third down role so that's someone I'd be looking for yeah um I think the other the the really only other guy that I'm really liking for this week is against somewhat um injury dependent and that's Duke Johnson and it's all based on whether or not um whether or not David Johnson can come back from the from the concussion uh, Duke Johnson filled in very admirably when uh, David Johnson went out this last week. Uh, let me see. In half point PPR, he finished with 13 points. Um, you know, 32 receiving yards and a touchdown, uh, 41 rushing yards on 16 carries. Against, and again, against the Jacksonville defense where they were just throwing the ball all over anyways. So um, going up against Cleveland, Cleveland is middle of the road against the run i think they're 17th on the season um and then just kind of the rolling average going into this last week um cleveland was running you know just a almost a point over over average in terms of what they were doing so yeah it's definitely it's definitely, definitely injury dependent see, see what, what happens with david johnson, johnson and the Rojo. when david johnson feels definitely the guy but duke johnson has shown he, when he's given the workload he can handle the workload. So I understand, like, like all the teams, teams that we're not giving them over the years. He's one of my favorite, like, secondary players that has the ability to um, be a three-down back, but it's never given the opportunity. So I think he's someone definitely targeted here. Again, where maybe you're the David Johnson owner, not sure if it's happening. Definitely easy pick-up, plug-and-play for this week. That's pretty much it. That's about all the running backs I'd be looking at. Yeah, other, I mean, the 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 running backs are are kind of a wasteland. I mean, you have. You know Tony Pollard for those who are who are you know wanting to back up Ezekiel well, Elliott, who's yeah again who could be a good option but is on by Lamichael Pirine who we kind of predicted to have a decent game didn't happen but again he's on by this next week also so I mean other than that there's not much in here that I I'm really looking at 
wanting to even think about. I mean, if Lumberg touched down or bust Jordan Howard of the world, um, would be his stat line of eight carries, 28 yards, and a touchdown, you know, something like that. But that's again your bank on the touchdown. Ryan Nall is someone you'd be looking at for like the deepest, but I wouldn't even consider it. That's again injury dependent of the um, Chicago backfield because he did catch a receiving touchdown this week. So he kind of got the workload once Montgomery was out, but I wouldn't put my faith in Ryan Nall. No. No. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the wide receivers. Uh, I'll hold on to mine. Why don't you tell me uh, who's your top wide receiver this week to pick up? Um, someone I told you to kind of grab if you had the ability to uh, from the way we last week, if you had, could hold on to somebody. Jalen Rager. I just think he is an excellent talent going to the offense. In his first game, he got six targets there, um, scored 10 fantasy points. I think his role is only going to grow inside that offense. As well, so I think he's definitely my top pickup for that potential down the stretch, growing your role in that offense. Um, he plays a different role than Fulham, even, so they can kind of complement each other on the field. So they can definitely coexist and give it any help Carson Wentz out. Well, and even again, you look at what he has coming up. He's got what he's got uh, the uh, the Giants, the uh, the Browns, and the Seahawks. I mean. Those are those are some pretty favorable matchups coming up the next three weeks that really are going to play nice for him. So, yeah. Um. All right. Here's mine. Uh, I've been wanting to talk about him forever. Jacoby like the entire time. Jacoby Myers. I've been telling you guys for a couple weeks now. Jacoby Myers. Pick him up if you can. He's only seven point nine percent rostered across. Um across Yahoo and ESPN, which means you've had plenty of chances to get him. Listen to me. <laughs> um, you know, really, I, we were, we were, again, we were talking about this, you know, before the show in the last, uh, was it the last three weeks? He has had 30 targets. So he had six against San Francisco, 10 last week against Buffalo for six. Was it six catches? 58 yards. Um, and then this week, 14, 14 targets and finishes with, I don't need, uh, the, yeah, 12 for 169. Yeah, 12 for 169. So here's the thing. I, the main thing about him is he's, he's getting a lot of this work because of the fact that you have, um, you know, Nikhil Harry and Julian Edelman out. Because I mean, did Nikhil- you... Nikhil Harry is basically non-existent. We don't have Julian. That wouldn't even put that in the factor. Well, I think Jacoby Myers jumped him. Yeah, at this point, well, I mean, at this point, yes. Over showing with the last few weeks, with everything that's happened, I think this solidified that jump this week. Um, and so, yeah, I think Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry's been droppable for a while. He had a couple of good weeks where he was getting a lot of targets, and it just he just never was able to to make much of them. Um, Jacoby Myers, you know, like I said, is a guy that I was high on when he came out, um, of, of, uh, was it South Carolina? You're the Jacoby Myers expert. I'm not. <laughs> uh, or no, sorry. It was NC state, NC state. Um, and so at him and Kelvin, Kelvin Harmon, uh, I think that, I think that Jacoby Myers, uh, going to new England, he is, he is very much that slot type of receiver works the 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 middle of the field and we saw that tonight he was finding the open spots in the zones um not the best matchup this next week going up against baltimore though baltimore has struggled a little bit lately um against 
well, they've had a couple weeks where they struggled against the uh, against the wide receivers. Uh, overall rolling average, though, the last five weeks is they're giving up about six points below projection. So um, for Jacoby Myers, it's not again, it's not the greatest matchup this week. But moving ahead after Baltimore, he's got Houston and then Arizona. Arizona's a middle of the road matchup. Um, the Chargers, who again. They may have given up, not you know, being the the lowest ten I think right now in terms of least amount of fantasy points given up to wide receivers, but over the last five weeks they're giving up more and more and more points to wide receivers. So um, I'd see I'd say of his next, let's see, Baltimore, Houston, Arizona, and and the Chargers over his next four weeks he has two very favorable matchups. One not too bad, and Baltimore is going to be a little bit tough next next week. So. Um, again, I think that he still has a good schedule, and, and with the the target share that he's getting, um, I definitely like him moving forward. I mean, that's something I want to bring it back to is the target share he is getting. Like we say, you can tell how many targets he's gotten, but if you look at the market share of the team, he started at uh, three weeks ago at a twenty six percent share. Last week a forty three percent share. This week I think it was a forty five percent target share. That's an insane amount of targets being funneled his way. Typically, we're happy if a receiver gets 20%, 30% of the targets if you're an elite receiver. The fact that he's seen 4% is not a sustainable rate to have it that high, but it's definitely something to monitor if he is getting that. He's usable in any kind of PPR format, regardless of matchup, just from sheer volume of, of that floor being available to be used. Well, and if you think if you think about um, you know targets for, for Cam Newton over the years... For the most part, he stuck to throwing to one guy. I mean, for for a while, it was you know when uh, Kelvin Benjamin came up, it was just Kelvin Benjamin. He wasn't really throwing to anyone else. A little bit to Ted Ginn here and there, but you know Benjamin was his main target. And then when 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 Chris McCaffrey came along, he was only throwing to Chris McCaffrey out of the backfield, and then every once in a while to DJ Moore or maybe Curtis Samuel. So um, yeah, I think I think part of it is just the fact that that Newton tends to target one wide receiver and right now it's it's Jacoby Myers. So ride that train while you can. And the biggest thing we saw coming out of the bye week too. Like Amir Berg was the um getting most of the targets like ten plus those first few weeks out of the bye week and with the injuries they had, they've seen that shift right to Jacoby Myers. So it was definitely a safe play um, a lot of times, especially if you need especially if you're um, a contender, someone to pick up and if you need that flex spot through the bye, last few bye weeks somewhere to use. Yeah, um, a couple other guys. Um, uh, I've I've been big on Nelson Aguilar lately. I think he's good for a possible ten points. If you don't, I mean, if you don't want to pick him up for for your for your rosters, um, I think that he is definitely a good DFS play to watch for. Now, I understand two weeks ago or last week, week eight against Cleveland, two targets, no receptions. Um, and he hasn't he hasn't been a high target guy other than week nine against Tampa Bay. But he is, I mean, he already has, what, five touchdowns on the season? Um, I think that he has enough, he's getting loose enough, and against a, a leaky Denver defense, um, I could see him, you know, four or five targets, three receptions, another 60 yards, and possibly another touchdown against this yeah. Denver defense. I mean, he definitely has a connection with Derek Carr, so he's some of the money. I have him pretty high this week based on the matchup, and going to another good matchup, he's definitely a playable piece and has any high upside to hit the touchdown. A couple guys I want to bring up as well are Michael Pittman Jr. and Curtis Samuel as potential plays going forward. Um, I believe back-to-back weeks, Michael Pittman has led the team in yardage 
another ascending rookie to kind of look at. We see a lot of the rookies break out in the second half of the season. And we're kind of seeing that with a lot of the players coming forward with the Jalen Raiders, Michael Pittman, I think they're going to start ascending. We saw with Jerry Judy this past week getting his market share up. And Curtis Samuel, he's pretty much playing that hybrid role perfectly that we all wanted to be because I'm a Curtis Samuel truther through and through. And I'm so happy to see it, even though it's the expense of DJ Moore. Um, so he's kind of like the thorn in the side on like if uh, Mike Davis gets the role of, let's say, CMC's out. But he also just is that play, deep play receiver, and he's doing the job well. So the, Matt Rule is using him very well. So the two guys at that flex option, maybe wide receiver threes, to kind of pick up and monitor going forward. And, and you know, somewhat favorable matchups going forward, Tampa Bay, Detroit, Minnesota, before the bye week in week 13. So um, good matchups for him. Honestly, this Curtis Samuel playing well kind of lets me take victory laps on on being a, 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 a not DJ Moore truther. Um, I was one of those guys that I didn't think I didn't think that he was going to be a a consistent wider top 15 wide receiver, which was where he was getting drafted. And for me, it was because of how much he did last year. His stats, while he had a ton of yards, um, you know, a ton of catches, he didn't have a whole lot of yards after catch. Um, they were throwing more deep balls. The the Carolina offense ran the sixth most amount of plays last year um, and had the third most amount of passing plays. And so because of that, in order for DJ Moore to do better than he did last year, he would have needed to become more efficient because of how the offense, I figured, was going to back off a little bit in terms of how fast they were going to play. Um, he was going to need, in order to be better he was or that good again, he was going to need to increase efficiency especially with adding Robbie Anderson. And so, so yeah, so I think that Curtis Samuel is definitely, I'm, I'm big on him. And another one that if you can pick him up, I mean, no one else is going to pick him up, but I don't think. Um, he's probably going to be widely available. Tim Patrick. Now, I know I keep throwing that name out there, but you look at his target share, uh, you know, five, five, four, seven, eight, four. Uh, had week eight, he was injured, and then comes back nine more targets. Now, he's not getting a whole lot of catches. His catch rate is looking like it's right around 50 to 60%. But he does have a couple games over 100 yards, has three touchdowns on the season, is getting targeted frequently by Drew Locke. So, again, somewhat favorable matchups coming up the next three weeks with uh, Las Vegas, Miami, and New Orleans. No, I really like Tim Patrick as a player. Definitely one of He's definitely become second fiddle on the team, though. Where, oh, correct, okay. correct. Yeah. So if Jerry Judy's available, which he's not available, not on our list, just because he's too widely owned, he's definitely the pickup. Getting 10 and 14 targets the past two weeks. Again, not efficient targets because he's at four and seven reception on those because Drew Locke doesn't have the best accuracy. But targets are king. They're opportunities available to you. So Patrick is definitely one of those. I think he's pretty safe for that four to five reception. If he gets one of those deep bombs, he can get that done based on the amount of pass and having and with Noah Fant being injured and Albert O now being out. I believe it's an ACL tear. So Yeah, Albert O is out with the ACL. So, so more targets going around to the receivers. Yep. All right, let's move on to the tight end. Um, <laughs> Real, I mean, the only guy on our list that I'm – I can't even say I'm excited about uh, that I think is worth the pickup is going to be Jimmy Graham simply because, again, it's because of the red zone target share. He's, I believe, still second in the league behind Travis Kelsey in terms of red zone targets. Um, 
And so, I, you know, looking at that, that's that's just he's the possibility for a touchdown every week, averaging almost. I think he's almost two targets per week just in the red zone. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy Graham, Graham is that, that like safe um, tight end. end. Who's, who's getting, getting like as much in the upper red zone work to get it going, especially if they're going to be down um, David Montgomery. Usually, Usually the running back and tight end correlate to receptions. I can see more receptions going Jimmy Graham's way, even more than normal. He's normally averaging about six a game at this point. So, so definitely, definitely say one. Um, I have one more to add to the list Austin Hooper. Yep, that's that was the next one I was going to bring up. Yeah, to coming back off by um, and off injury as well. So we haven't seen him since week six, but. Going into four, five, and six, he had seven targets, ten targets, and six targets. Very large market share inside that offense. Um, we started off the season with a two, four, and four. It's grown as the weeks went on there, and we'll see more targets going to that tight end position because that's the way Spence likes to run his offense there um, is through the tight end a lot of the time. And I just can see him getting double-digit targets right when he's back as long as he's fully healthy. So we look at practice reports with that, but definitely someone to pick up. For that yeah. volume tight end. Well, volume tight end, you look at and then look at his schedule coming up the next, you know, for the rest of the season, end of the season. Week 10, Houston, which middle of the road. Philadelphia is a is a green light. Uh, week 12, Jacksonville, a green light. Uh, week 13 against Tennessee, a green light. Baltimore, middle of the road against tight ends. The, he has the Giants in week 15 and then the Jets in week in championship week. That's a pretty favorable schedule moving forward for a streaming tight end. No, 100% with that one. Um, one more name that you could say if you're really, really desperate is Trey Burton on Thursday night because they have the Jack Doyle uh, concussion. So the workload's going to be going up. And they kind of use him as a goal line back as well. He's got more goal line rushes than I believe um, Jonathan Taylor does so far <laughs> on the season. So Sorry, I can't help but laugh. At that. <laughs> he's a desperation touchdown bus play. It is a Thursday night game, but with that concussion protocol, it's I would say ninety percent that Doyle is not going to be playing because how long it takes to get out of protocol, and that usually we won't know most of these guys until Sunday. So that's someone if you're like don't have any available to you because we're seeing a fifty-two and a thirty-nine percent owner percentage so they might be on the near leagues that's someone else i want to bring up to kind of be able to grab and play this week especially you need to know early because that thursday night game so you're no longer the president of the logan thomas fan club i'm only the president it's a caveat it has to be with kyle allen throwing the ball because that's the only time he performs with that with alex smith i'm now the president of jamie mckissick fan club all right moving over sweet <laughs> All right. Uh, any more thoughts on on players for uh, whether it's waiver wire or just uh, things to look at for this week uh, before we do our uh, our show later this week where we cover our sleepers and busts? Um, I'll be doing a lot of my research tonight to kind of go over the biggest thing. Um, leave the matchup. So I'm gonna see. Look, I'm gonna do this live and see what I got. Sweet. We can do yeah. that. Yeah, I'm gonna be working on. Uh, I'm gonna be working on my my projection model starting uh, tomorrow morning. Um, and hopefully, hopefully the, uh, trying to edit that out since uh, this is the first, this last week was the first week I actually had a, uh, Excel spreadsheet to help with projections and plus or minuses based on, on matchups. First time I've ever actually used that. And I, I, let's, let's just say I had mixed feelings about how it went. I felt really good about a bunch, about a lot of things. I felt 
crappy about a couple, and then we had some injuries that you know that always tend to screw you each week. So um, it'll be interesting to see how how the rankings turn up this week. Um, and yeah, so most of the projections for week ten that I use kind of as a as a collaborative thing. Um, come out tomorrow so i'll be able to start plugging those in tomorrow to figure out uh, where i'm going to be adjusting things yeah, yeah. well looking we'll at the schedule some of the matchups i'm pretty excited for if baker may play i'd like to see how he does versus the houston texans who've been easily decimated with that one um some of the like, deeper plays i can see like um slayton doing very well versus the eagles it's really easy to get behind the defense over there and i would say they're looking at a big one for fantasy points on both sides of the ball with the seahawks versus the rams because yeah. um, this, this could, could also, also be a trap game, game I think, for DK Metcalf, potentially. Just because um, not as good of a game as we want to be because of Ramsey, presumably shadowing him. I guess could it's being a locket game. Uh, could this be a locket game, or could this be another David Moore game? It could, it could be a David Moore game as well. Because <laughs> <laughs> that 55-yard bomb, and we just pull that one up. Yeah, um, that, that was one of those things that, uh, for those of you who didn't hear our last podcast, we were talking about the fact that um, David, or two weeks, or last week, yeah. in our Sleepers and Bust, that David Moore was one of those guys that we we moved up in our rankings to like the was it the about the mid thirties, yeah, because of how good uh, the the Buffalo Bills defense had been against D, uh, wide receivers. Um, we could see DK and Tyler Lockett getting shut down a little bit, which they did for the most part, and then DK's yeah. touchdown kind of blew that out of the water. Um, but David Moore again uh, had three or four catches before that fifty-five yard bomb. But that you know he is he is capable of putting those in there. Yeah, he's the one to watch if any of the corners of the game. They're definitely the defense really tries to stop Lockett and Metcalf. So he's one of those that can be a little sneaky play depending on the matchup. So I again Lockett or DJ or um, DK back and go any week. But I think he's gonna have a tough time with Ramsey on. So. All right. Well, that is it for tonight's show. We want to thank you guys for taking the time to listen to the Skull King Sports Fantasy Football Podcast. We will be back later this week. I think the live stream went well. Yeah. Um, we will try we to. Want to <laughs> <laughs> I think we're gonna we're gonna try to uh, maybe continue to do this on a regular basis, doing this as a live stream as well as posting it to all of our the audio formats and everything. So. Um, again, for CJ, my name is Ryan Scullard. This has been the Skull King Sports Fantasy Football Podcast. We'll talk to you guys later. Hey, Skull King Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skull King Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues.